This is a broadcast of Holland United Church of Christ. At Holland UCC, we seek to open the mind and engage the heart. We are a community of justice, peace, and affirmation in Holland, Michigan, where everyone is welcome to the table. A reading from James, James 5, 7-10. Be patient, therefore, beloved, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious crop from the earth, being patient with it until it receives the early and late rains. You also must be patient. Strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. Beloved, do not grumble against one another so that you may not be judged See, the judge is standing at the doors. As an example of suffering and patience, beloved, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Well, have you ever gone out to run an errand, let's say, on a Saturday morning, and maybe you timed it that way because you thought, Saturday... It's not going to be the busy rush. Uh, if there was on a weekday, I'll just, you know, be lighter traffic, be a quick in and out. And then you head out, and lo and behold, you're stuck in traffic. And even worse, you're behind a car that's going 10 miles below the speed limit, and you're not able to pass. And then you approach a light that just starts to go yellow, and they stop. Right. You, you could have both made it very easily, right? I mean, come on! Clearly this has never happened to me, or for any of you. Or have you ever been in one of those meetings at the end of the day, and a meeting that's so long that it feels like it's never going to end? And finally... Someone says, well, that's it for today. And mentally, you're already sensing the freedom of the hallway, heading out to your car, and somebody in the back raises their hand and says, well, I have a question. (laughs) What? (laughs) Patience in certain settings or at certain times can be hard to practice, hard to exhibit. Now, a moment of, of self-reflection here. On a scale of 1 to 10, how patient are you? 1 being you're ready to strangle the person with the question, and 10, you're totally chill. This meeting could go for another 10 hours. Zero. Got nowhere to be. <laughs> a zero. Wow, zero. Now, you can, say, you can say your number out loud, or you can just <laughs> mentally sort of mentally check in with yourself? Zero, that's good. I mean, I think if I'm honest, I've been every number on that scale at different points, right? At different points in my life. Uh, Because I think for all of us, it varies and it can depend, right? On the context, on our mood, on a lot of other variables. Well, in our text today, we're encouraged, be Patient. Be patient. 
The author, who uh, some scholars may believe to be James, the brother of Jesus, otherwise known as James the Just, says, Be patient, therefore, beloved, until the coming of the Lord. Well, a number of scholars believe that this was written before the fall of Jerusalem in 70, and they think that might be the case because in the letter of James, he references um, wealthy landowners at various points, and after the siege of Jerusalem, such wealthy landowners virtually ceased to exist in the land after all the carnage and destruction. And so we can imagine uh, a context in which this is being written, in which there's oppression both from Rome, who's sort of gearing up for the lead-up to war, as well as oppression from these wealthy landowners who are making economic conditions for regular folk and poorer folk incredibly dire. And so there was a belief in the early Jesus community that Jesus was going to return imminently. And that hope makes sense, right? Given that everything seemed to be crumbling around them. Surely God is not going to leave us alone in this moment of desperation. Surely Jesus is about to come back and set everything right. And so they're clinging to the hope of a better future. And the encouragement James gives them is to be patient. To be patient. And to be honest, this context of impending war and economic challenge and oppression makes most of the things that I tend to get impatient about seem not very big. But all of us, right, at points face situations that in the moment can feel like everything. Perhaps when you're young, uh, you've written some college applications, and maybe there's one in particular that you're waiting to hear from, and your heart is set on it, and you're waiting to hear back, and it can take months. And that can feel like forever when your future is literally at stake. Or maybe there's a job that you've applied for, a job that you would love to have that could maybe change your life in some important ways, and you've had an interview, interview maybe two, and even if it only takes a week or 10 days to hear back every day that you don't get that phone call or get an email or something, right? It can feel like forever. And our patience with the direction of our society and with the actions of our fellow human beings can sometimes wear thin. We see laws enacted that weaken democracy we see not only inaction around the climate crisis, but sometimes or often actions moving us in the opposite of the direction we need to go. And we can see bigoted attitudes on race, sexuality, and gender continue to persist in ways that harm us and those we care about. And so we're tempted in these moments to cry out with the psalmist, How long, O Lord, will you hide from us forever? And yet the text invites us to be patient. To be patient. But that's hard. Right? 
And often when someone says, be this or do this, it just feels like, mm, okay. <laughs> no, I heard, I heard a no. It's quiet, but I heard a no. It was him. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't just say be patient, right? We're also invited to learn patience. And the example that we're given is to look to the earth to learn patience. And how can the earth teach us patience? How long it takes to grow seeds. Yeah? How long it takes to grow seeds? Absolutely. Just look at the forest. <laughs> look at the forest. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Harold Hal Borland was an American writer, journalist, and naturalist, also a staff writer for the uh, New York Times, and he said, along with what Scott was saying, knowing trees, I understand the meaning of patience. Knowing trees, I understand the meaning of patience. And the Vietnamese uh, Buddhist monk, peace activist, and poet Thich Nhat Hanh, who died earlier this year, would often instruct his students to pick out a tree, go to it, sit with it, let it teach you. And this isn't just to look out the window and say, hey, there's a tree, right? This is a go be present with it. Pay attention to it. Simone Weil said that attention is a form, can be a form of prayer. Right? Deep attention. <clears throat> Noticing that tree, all its branches, imagining the roots going deep into the earth and allowing that expansiveness of time to seep into your body. And learn, even from a tree. And our text gives us a specific example about learning from the earth. The farmer waits for the precious crop from the earth, being patient with it until it receives the early and the late rains. We already heard seeds mentioned. If you've ever planted a garden, or attempted to plant a garden, <laughs> you've had to try to learn patience. Because if you just stare at that plot of soil or that little pot with dirt and seeds in it, right? if you're just staring at it, minute by minute, hour by hour, even day by day, sometimes week by week, it feels like nothing is happening. But with time and patience, suddenly you're overrun with more tomatoes and cucumbers than you might know what to do with. But it can be hard to be patient. Mark Nepo, in our Words of Integration and Guidance that RT read, gives us a powerful personal example of <coughs> patience in the midst of a cancer diagnosis and a painful procedure. And he writes elsewhere about this invitation to learn from the earth, learn patience from the earth. He says, I recently went to the ocean and listened much of the night to the surf. And the next morning I was surprised to see that the tide had receded to reveal a cliff that had formerly been hidden, had been submerged. And he says, I was now able to walk on what revealed itself out into the sea and the water all about me spraying and slapping what normally can't be seen made me realize it's the same with our pain. 
For only when we can outweigh the dark will the sharpness of experience recede like a tide to reveal what has survived beneath it. And then this line, he says, often what seems tragic, if looked at long enough, reveals itself as part of a larger transformation. And then he gives one more example from nature. He says, I also remember coming upon a clearing in the woods, so densely overgrown that it felt depressing, for nothing really um, was capable, seemed capable of getting through. Maybe you've been to one of those dense forests where there's shrubbery and woods and a tangle. And he says, something in my own makeup resembled this and prompted me to return to it several times. But it was finally in winter, he writes, without its leaves, that the same clearing undressed itself as a magnificent bed of light that happened to be on the crest of a beautiful hill. It humbled me to realize that winter can be freeing, and that I too am often overgrown with memories and reasons and twigs of mind that block me from the light. And so it's fitting, it seems to me, that we celebrate this season of Advent now in this time of fading light and winter quiet. Nature is resting. Nature is resting. It's preparing beneath our view for a spring of wild growth and beauty. And since we all live in Michigan, right, we signed on for the extra opportunity to learn from winter. That's how, frankly, that's how spiritual we all are. Right? Somebody's listening. And so in the midst of our impatience, right, for humanity to get things right, or our impatience for whatever in our lives feels stuck or uncertain or difficult, we're reminded in this season to be still, to look a little longer at the barren tree or the snow-covered field, and to await with anticipation the celebration on Christmas of the birth of a child who in his own time would plant seeds of hope and peace and joy and love, seeds that still promise to bear fruit, if we are willing to wait. Amen. Maybe so. invited to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. streaming on Facebook. You can also watch these messages on the Holland UCC YouTube channel. And for more information, how to get involved, or to support our work, like us on Facebook.
or visit hollanducc.org. 